but uh, my name is Matt Clark, and I'm the Youth Alive Missionary for the state of Ohio. Um, so my wife and I stepped into this role about eight months ago. We've been youth pastor for the past eight years in Ohio at a few different churches. Um, so our hearts are youth ministry. We love students, and we love reaching students. And um, so before coming to the network office where my wife works now, she was actually a high school math teacher. So um, our lives have been inundated with um, high schoolers and middle schoolers um, really since the culmination of our marriage and our ministry has been about this. So um, I got a picture here of my wife and daughters. She was the older daughter was the one peddling me for money um, from UGMC. And uh, that's Riley. She just turned a year old. She was running around here. They're both here today. And um, Elizabeth will be in the session, but we have to do um, some giveaways at the final service. So she's getting them ready um, for what we have to do. Is that locked? I don't want to lock people out. Maybe that's why it was open. Like, <laughs> you can come in. Like, he probably saw me. He's like, oh, I don't want to go in there. Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So that's my family. That's who we are. Um, and uh, we got asked to do this when uh, Pastor Nate, our district youth director, he called me. He's like, hey, I want you to step into youth live. I was like, yeah, um, no. Um, because I loved where I was. And my life loved her job serving we had a full-time job full-time salary and stepping in to be a missionary was a completely different role for us we never even imagined it um, but we love what we do right now we're itinerating I'll talk about that a little bit later but this whole session breaks down to the importance of youth alive and the importance of reaching young sinners we'll have some time at the end for some questions uh, if you guys have just be thinking of them as I'm talking because um, I'd love to share or hear maybe a unique situation in your group or someone that you know of and, and see what we can do about it. So when you hear about Youth Alive, when you've heard about this breakout, you might just think, you get the idea that this breakout is going to be how to start a Bible club or how to do school assemblies. Because traditionally, that's what Youth Alive is. If you aren't sure, um, across the state, every state does it differently, but Youth Alive is about a campus club. Almost like an FCN, if you've heard of that, you have a Youth Alive club that meets in schools, which is amazing. We're still going to continue to do those. Um, and then school assemblies. I was a Youth Alive missionary when I was in high school. So I helped start a club in my public high school, and I was a part of that. And that's great, but that's not what this breakout is about. It's not just going to be about how to start a campus club. Um, because I can tell you that, you know, in an email. I can share about this. This is really about reaching the next generation. This isn't just about starting a club or why you should do it or why you should support us as missionaries, which you should, um, but that's not what this is about. I can break this session down in one sentence for you to take away, and then we're going to pack it a little bit more. Youth Alive is important because students in this next generation are important. What I do is important because this next generation is important. We believe that wholeheartedly. See, God has not forgotten the next generation. He hasn't abandoned them. They're not too far gone. They're not too crazy. They're not, you know, too out there, too wild. God has a unique plan and purpose for their life, and he has placed them here for a reason. See, God has uniquely designed Generation Z, the next generation, for exactly the culture that they're in, to reach the world around them where they are at. See, Youth Alive isn't just about Bible clubs and school assemblies. Youth Alive is about reaching the next generation for Jesus with the next generation. That's what my whole focus is. It's not just about starting a club and doing that's That's great. We want to reach the next generation with the next generation because that's ultimately what it boils down to. 
During this session, I want to talk a little bit about Youth Alive, um, but I want to talk about the need, the plan, and the importance of Youth Alive. Because we know there's a need when we look around the culture and we see, but we're, we're going to break that down a little bit more. So everyone in this room has dealt with someone in Gen Z at one point or another. So whether you're a youth pastor and you're leading them every week and you're watching them floss and dance and do whatever you do, or maybe you're not in youth ministry and they just check you out at the grocery store or take your order at McDonald's. We've all interacted with them. We've seen them online. We've seen them eat Tide Pods and stupid things like that. We've seen them, and we understand the culture that we've lived in. Whether we like it or not, we have interacted with them. And hopefully we understand the importance of working with them. And if you don't, hopefully by the end of this, you will. Because the truth is that if we don't make a drastic shift in the way that we approach reaching this next generation, what we see happening with millennials is going to happen even worse with the next Gen Z. All right, so I've got some statistics for you that I've found as I've researched this, and, and here's what I mean. So according to research done, only 10% of adults aged 18 to 29, which is millennial generation, that's the generation that I am in, are what is called resilient disciples. Only 10% of those who come from a Christian church background are resilient disciples. And I've got a chart to show what that really looks like compared to what else is happening. So it says 10% down the bottom are resilient. These are, so they studied students who grew up with a church background, 1829, how are they living their faith now? 30% are nomads or lapsed Christians. 28 to 22% are prodigals, are ex-Christians. And 38% are just habitual church growers. I'm going to break those down a little bit right now. Here are those divides. So prodigals or ex-Christians don't identify themselves as Christian despite having or attended a Protestant or Catholic church as a child or teen or having considered themselves to be a Christian at some time. These are people who've grown up in church and when they turn 18, 29, when they moved away from home, they've just completely abandoned the faith that they were raised in. 38%. Nomads who are part of that 30% are lapsed Christian, identify themselves as Christian but have not attended church during the past month. The vast majority of nomads haven't been involved with faith community for six months or more. So these are people who are teetering on that line of, yes, I kind of go to church, but I really don't go to church. I mean, if, you've been once, if you haven't gone in a month, you're probably not a very strong believer in Christ. Like, you're probably struggling at some point. Habitual churchgoers describe themselves as Christians and have attended church at least once a month once in the past month, yet don't have a foundational core belief or behaviors associated with being an intentional, engaged disciple. So we're looking at these percentages here. So 22% and 30%, that, that's a total of 52%. My wife would be proud of me. Um, 52% are essentially just near the, the point of being gone from the faith, of being raised up in church and are just gone. Another 38% are going to church but they're not actual disciples of Jesus Christ, which leaves us with a total of 10% resilient disciples. There are Christians who, one, attend church at least monthly and engage with their church more than just attending worship services, so like a small group setting or something outside of just a normal church service. Two, trust firmly in the authority of the Bible. Three, are committed to Jesus personally and affirm he was crucified and raised from the dead to conquer sin and death, which I'm think is a foundational belief of what we believe, and four, express desire to transform the broader society 
as an outcome of this thing. Which reading that sounds great, but that also scares me because that means that 38% of habitual churchgoers probably didn't answer those questions the way that those 10% did. Can't say that their lives are founded on Jesus Christ, are really rooted in what he is, and are not depending on what God is doing in their lives. So these numbers, to me, are dangerous. They're a warning sign. It shows me that the church as a whole hasn't done a great job discipling this next generation into who God has called them to be. And this trend cannot continue. It can't continue. If we want to see Ohio for Jesus, we have to do something about it. Right? And these statistics that I'm showing, these aren't even unsaved Gen Zers. These are just people who were in church at one point, but now went away from home and aren't in church anymore. We even begin to touch the culture of unsaved or, or people who don't know Jesus. These are simply the ones that we were responsible for. And now, look at where they're at and what they're doing. These are such important numbers. We need to do a better job of discipling the students within our walls. But the other need is about the students that don't attend our churches. The students that would never come within a church wall, the students who will never attend your youth group, because as I said, the ones that I just talked about, those are the ones who do go to your youth group, but they're in danger of graduating and falling away. We also need to look at the ones who don't go to your church, who don't go to youth group, who just simply exist in the community and the culture, and who would never walk within a church wall. In Ohio alone, there are over 1.2 million students within 9th through 12th grade. 1.2 million students across high schools all across America. Not even America, just Ohio. That's a ridiculous number. Just uh, not even counting middle school, which many of your ministries probably relate to or go with. 1.2 million students. These students are in one building for over eight hours a day for eight months of the year. That's a ridiculous amount of time for such a large percentage of the population to exist in one place of the year. But not only that, outside of the school, these students are involved in sports teams, they're involved in clubs, whether that be 4-H or chess or whatever clubs are happening now. They're in part of online communities and video game communities and all these different things. They're a part of these groups and they're at such an impressionable time, an impressionable age, and we have a, a, a calling to reach them where they're at. Studies show that 60% of decisions for Christ happen before graduation. Now, a lot of those, yes, are um, like, you know, 8 to 11-year-olds, but a good percentage of them are 12 to 18. So we have an opportunity. We have a goal to reach 1.2 million students before they graduate and become 60% less likely to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. So our goal is to do this. This is the need that we're facing. I'm not sure if there's a more clear need in all of ministry. One, we need to do a better job of discipling our students so that when they graduate, they become lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. Because we haven't done a very good job. I'm not saying you personally, but the church as a whole has not done a very good job of discipling this generation that is currently young adults. So we need to do a better job to become lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. And two, we need to do a better job of discipling our students to understand that they are called to reach their generation for Jesus right now. So we need twofold things. We need to help disciple students and understanding what they believe and why they believe it, but two, helping them realize that there's a huge mission field in the world around them and the culture around them. They don't just exist.
meant to exist, but they are put there for a reason and for a purpose. This is a huge need in ministry. And that's what's unique about Youth Alive and the goal behind it. Right? Because if I were to walk into a school building or onto a baseball or football field, I'd probably get the cops called on me because I don't look like them, I don't act like them, I don't talk like them, I don't dance like them, I don't listen to the same music as them, I'm not them. And the same thing goes for youth. Right? There just becomes a time where it becomes creepy for me to attend a high school baseball practice unless I'm the coach. Right? <laughs> it's just weird because we're not them. We're different. There's, there's things that are different because there's unique things that identify generations with each other, but it's important for us. And that's what's so unique about Youth Alive. I don't act like I don't belong there. I don't speak like I belong there. And frankly, I don't belong there because I'm nearly 30 years old. I'm not there. I'm here. Do you know who does look like they belong there, act like they belong there, speak like they belong there? The next generation. The kids in our youth group who are there, they understand the need. They understand the culture. They understand the language. They understand what these students are going through. So we need to do a better job of helping them understand that they are the ones who are called to reach the world around them. They are the ones who are called to reach those 1.2 million students around them. I'm not saying that you and I can't have an impact on students. That's not what I'm saying at all. We can but it's, it just has to be in a different way, right? Like I can impact a student who loves Jesus and who understands that I'm not just a creepy old guy talking to him, like who understands that there's a relationship there and there's, there's things within my church walls, but it's so much different when it's outside of the walls. We're talking about reaching large groups of young people. It's just different. We can have an impact, but we have to do it a little bit differently. Right? I believe we absolutely put ourselves in positions to reach students however we can, however we're allowed. But the truth is, if we're trying to reach the whole next generation by ourselves, then we're going to fail and we're going to fail quickly. Right? I've learned that time and time again. I can't do it because I don't understand them half the time. I don't listen to the same thing. I don't do the same thing. So obviously I need people who are in that culture, who are understanding what they're saying, who are understanding what they can do. So that's the need. That's really what God is calling us to do. And and I think we have to shift our mindset of, oh, man, culture is just too far gone or it's just too difficult to work with to saying we have a mission and we need to put that in place. We need to really understand what God is calling us to do and how God, God is calling us to impact the world around us. Because if we do it on our own, we're not going to going to last very long. So that's the need. We understand the world is hurting, not just the outside world, but the world that involves within our church clearly needs to do, we need to do a better job discipling them so when they graduate, they stay with their relationship with Jesus and they're passionate Christ followers. So that brings us to the plan. See, the same research that I just put up on the screen talking about the differences showed the difference between the types of disciples who are left. And I want to take a look about it. I know it's a little bit small on this TV, um, but this was the answers to what a resilient disciple answered and how they went about it. And this is what we can really look at in terms of what we need to focus our attention on. So 
experience and communion with God. Worship is a lifestyle, not just an event. The prodigals, um, only 20% believe that. 33% of nomads, 50%, and 91% of Brazilian disciples believe that. 80% of disciples believe that Jesus has deeply transformed their life. 80% say that reading the Bible makes them feel closer to God versus only 10% of ex-Christians, of prodigals, say it actually affects me in my life. Jesus understands what my life is like these days, 79%. Regular experience of the church, the reality of God's presence, 75%. And guidance for how to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, 70%. When you go down to talking with Jesus, so like praying, I am re-energized when I spend time with Jesus. 87% of disciples say that Jesus speaks to me in a way that is relevant to my life, which is a huge one. Only 10% of prodigals say that Jesus actually speaks to them in a way that's relevant. 83% of disciples do that. Listening to God is a big part of my prayer life, 12% versus 78%. Prayer does not feel like a formal routine, but a vibrant part of my life. Now, I think if we were to look at these, they should all be 100% in Brazilian disciples, but the truth is they're not. The truth is the students are facing things, and this is what is happening. We can use this as a guideline to say, what are we missing? What are we not teaching our students to where they graduate? Like, Because all of these students who are – all these, these people who were pulled – grew up in church. They had a faith background. Like, I like to think as a youth pastor, I taught my students that worship is a lot. Like, I like to think that I taught them, that that actually talking to Jesus is relevant to their life, that the Bible can affect them. But what are we really doing? We can use this as a guideline to understand what God is calling us to do and where he's calling us to go. This is just a good kind of look back at the problem that we're having and look at the need um, and how we can really come about it. So how do we disciple students? How do we make this go differently than what it is now? How do we disciple them to the fact that they want to reach the world around them? What can we do? Well, that's where the importance of Youth Alive comes in. Because what's so unique about the role that I serve in is is I work a part of the Ohio Youth Ministries team. So Nate is our district youth director. So he's the one who runs all the events, he works with youth pastors, do all the things. But I can come alongside and help disciple students in your local church, right? Because the goal is that you at your church are the core discipler of the student. No, sorry. The, the goal is the parent is the core disciple of the student. Then you or the lead pastor are discipling the student. But then I can come alongside and be another aspect of helping disciple the student, helping you come up with your programs, helping you come with your disciples, your discipleship programs, so that students, when they graduate, are lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. So how do we do that? What is the plan for Youth Alive? Because right now, I am currently itinerating, raising my support. So I can't do anything yet with Youth Alive because it's similar to, um, I explained to a missionary going to Africa. If they're not flying to Africa every month while they get their budget raised, they have to get what they need to done before they can start with us. So I need to get my family taken care of, my budget taken care of before I can start working with Youth Alive. So I'm itinerating now, but we have a lot of plans and vision and excitement. So I've been traveling around the state, talking to youth groups, and we've got students who are ready, who want to be a part of Youth Alive. And what that looks like is a student can sign up, can be a part. See, I, I envision Youth Alive to be, you have students in your group who want to do more for Jesus than they currently are. And I'm sure you can even think about them right now, the students in your church or your youth group who 
man, they're on fire for Jesus. They're ready to do more. And I'm, I'm giving them more, but they can even do more than that. And those are the students who I want to work with, the students who I want to help disciple. I want to work with all the students, but those are the most likely ones to be a part of Youth Alive and Extra program. So some strategies that we can use to help reach these 1.2 million students. We have something called the Alive in Five. It's talking about praying, living, tell, serve, and give. It's about praying your life. It talks. It goes through all of the, the, the essentially the salvation message that we can walk students through so they can practically share their faith with the world around them. We have something called the Five Friend Focus. See, I think one of the biggest issues that we have is that young people feel like they just exist in school, right? Like, think about when you were in high school. You didn't want to be there unless you were weird, um, right? Like, <laughs> no one wants, like, you feel like, I have to be there. I just have to learn. I'm learning. I'm doing something that I don't like to do. I don't have my phone. I don't get to play my, but shifting a student's mindset and saying, man, I don't have to be here. I get to be here, and I get to reach the world around me. Like, you know how unique of an opportunity it is to, to be among the same people for eight hours a day, five days a week in the same class for an entire semester, right? The impact that a student can have when their mindset mindset shifts of saying, oh, I just have to go to school. That's something I have to get done. And saying, man, this is my mission field. This is what I'm called to do. So something we challenge students is called the five friend focus to pick five friends who they know, who they interact with on a daily basis, who don't know Jesus and to pray for them every single day. Not just pray for them, but pray that God would open a door for them to share the gospel with them. So I remember I did this in high school, and I have a card that we give to all these live people, and it says, five friend focus, and it's got five five blanks on it, and I filled in my friend's name, put it in my locker, and I can still remember. I, I prayed for them every day of my high school career, Ron, Garrett, Zach, Nick, and Josh. I can just remember in the same order, the same people, those are my friends that I prayed for. I had it up on my locker, and I got a chance to share Jesus with, with most of them, but it just it makes a difference when you're praying for the people around you, right? Not just living with them, but praying for opportunities. Because when you're praying for God to give you opportunities, you're going to be looking for opportunities. You're going to be looking for ways that God can use you to impact them, to serve them, to do those different things as well. On top of that, we want to help you with the discipleship that you're doing with your students. There's a whole lot of different ways that we can do that, but one of those things is Pastor Nace talked about. We're working on a list of 100 core scriptures that are foundational to what we believe and why we believe it. Because right now, if you went and asked a young person or a millennial, why do you believe that God is the one true God? Show me in the Bible. They'd be like, uh, can I Google it? Right? Like, why do you believe what you believe? So we're going to look on this list, and then that list of scriptures is going to be what we use for our, our fine arts discipleship, our summer camp discipleship. So we're going to come alongside you and say, hey, we came up with these. This is what students, when they graduate, they'll be like, hey, this is why I believe. This is what I believe. And this is why I believe it. To really come alongside and help disciple. Come alongside and lift your hands. To really understand that that's about discipleship and really understanding what we believe. And that goes along with those core scriptures to memorize. Hopefully we are planning to do service projects with your students. So not just existing, but serving. Serving the community around them. Serving in who God has created them to be and what he's called them to do, but really serving in a way that that God is moving in their lives. So we have a trailer that we're fixing up. We can just come to your church, come to your area. If your student wants to do service parts, we can say, hey, here, hand it off to you. Here, you can do this as well, but really understanding that. And then the last thing is area rallies. So one of the traditional things that Youth Alive does is school assemblies. So we go into the school and have an assembly. But I don't know if you've 
been around any of your schools, but not a lot of school assemblies are happening right now. And with COVID, none were happening. Right? It's hard enough to get into a school, let alone have an assembly to talk about uh, whatever we talk about, you know, mental health or all those things, to have a service about Jesus. So what we want to do is we want to have area almost assemblies where we get together in your area and we bring SU Ohio worship, we bring giveaways and all sorts of fun stuff where your students can invite their friends say, hey, we're going to have giveaway we do that, and they're going to hear a clear salvation gospel message in their church, in their group, and your youth groups can get together and work together. And we'll do this, we can do this in every area because we don't have to wait for a school to tell us we can do it. We just get to plan it and do it. So that we believe that Youth Alive is important. I believe it, and I've seen it firsthand, I'm just as well as you have. I shared earlier in a breakout session with my wife <coughs> about you know doing ministry together. Some of you guys might, have been, and we shared some pictures of our time in ministry from when we first started, you know, the eight years our first youth group. And as I was looking through those pictures and kind of reminiscing, it it broke my heart to see students who I've personally discipled who are now not even close to following. And I thought I was a good youth group. But I think all that shows me is that it's going to take possibly more than one person. It's going to take more than one person. It's going to take more than one unique person. It's going to take a whole community of people to reach this generation for Jesus. But I believe in this generation. I believe in it because I see the unique gifts and talents and abilities that God has given. And I believe in it because I have to believe in it because my daughters, who are five and one, I refuse to allow them to grow up in a culture that just wipes the name of Jesus off the face of the earth. Right? We are building for the next generation. We are building for what God is doing in their life. We are building so that students do have a deep understanding of who God's called them to be and what he's called them to do. So we need to foster those opportunities in our students. We need to foster the opportunities for them to use the gifts that he's given them. Foster the unique ideas that he's placed in their life foster the creative ways that they reach their friends or their community or the world around them so that they reach their football team or their 4-H club or whatever they're a part of, they're intentionally living their life with Jesus. But it takes us to do our part to do that. Ultimately, to reach the next generation, we need strong leaders who understand that it's not about them, it's about reaching the next generation. At this point in my life, I'm not trying to be a super pastor. It's not about me in any way, shape, or form. My whole goal is to be a strong example, a strong leader, so that this next generation can do what my generation did. So this next generation can have a revival, can have a powerful move of God and see their friends understand who God is and understand who he's created them to be. Because I didn't do a good enough job of it. We didn't do a good enough job of it. So we need to rely on the next generation to come up and do that. Our churches need to place a priority on discipling and developing young leaders who are the church of today, allowing them to be the church of today so that they can actually be the church of tomorrow. When we don't allow students to be the church right now, they fade away and they don't become the church of tomorrow. But when we give them a place and we give them an opportunity to serve, to, to grow and to develop and to actually be a part of the church right now, then they become the church of tomorrow because they were already doing it. But when we don't give them a place, when we put them up in the corner or in the attic, we just shove them away and say, go eat your little Caesar's pizza in there and just stay away from us because you scare us and we don't understand you. 
when we do that, they're not the church. So they graduate and they go off to college. They're like, well, I wasn't the church then. Why should I be the church now? We need to do a better job. This is not about us. It's about the generation coming behind us. That's what it's all about. We need to do a better job of discipling and training students to do that. And Youth Alive is a huge part of that. So my last thing before I take some questions, I would love to connect with you. In any way possible, there's a few different ways to connect. My email, matt.ohioyouthalive.com. That's my phone number if you want to send me a text or call me. Uh, you can visit www.ohioyouthalive.com. That's got some information there. We're still updating our website, um, but that's a part of it. And then lastly, if you would like to give and support us as missionaries, you can do that easily at s1.ag.org slash mplug. Um, but ultimately, I need your prayer for my family, for my ministry, for what we're doing. Um, it's a huge challenge. It is. I just had a conversation with a dad yesterday who was one of the strongest believers that I know, a great example. He's, he said his daughter, who's 14, he said she understands the Bible, she knows it, but she's not sure if she believes it. She might be a part of the LGBTQ and the, the community that's around her, all binary, non-binary, all these different things, and, and that's what our generation is facing. That's what they're going through. They're going through a culture that tells them they can be whatever they want to be. They can live their life however they want to live. I know that God has placed them for a reason, and he's got a unique purpose for their life, and he has made them uniquely. So that's what we're facing, and that's what we're doing. So I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to speak with your church or youth group, whatever it is. Um, I've been traveling around right now. We're close to 50% of our budget, so almost halfway. Um, We're like 42%, so not close, but close enough. Um, so hopefully I'll be done and then I'll be able to get kids signed up for Youth Alive. And like I said, it's not just about Youth Alive. We need to do a better job totally. But I wholeheartedly believe that Youth Alive can make an impact in those 1.2 million students. I believe that I can come alongside you, that we can come alongside your church and your students and really help in what you're, we're doing. There's all sorts of different pieces that Youth Alive is helping in this as well, but those are just some. So before I finish, is there any questions, comments, concerns that you guys have for me um, things that I could answer for you. If not, we will get you out of here a little bit early. It's totally fine with me because I'm tired. I'm having my my afternoon lull, I think, at this point. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so there's, it's just a natural transition into Chi Alpha. Um, so the goal is right now at OYM events, um, now in our events, we have Chi Alpha at essentially every event that we have. We try to get them there. Um, but with students who sign up for Youth Alive obviously have a much clearer path um, where I can work with them alongside of their youth pastor to say, hey, you're a senior. What are you going to do? Oh, you want to go to Ohio State? Hey, here's my friend Kenji. Or here, you're going to this school. We can really have that pipeline feed right into them um, because that's a huge, huge need. And I think Chi Alpha does a great job of reaching schools and communities um, so yeah it's directly alongside we're two different things but they work very well together it's a natural transition um, for that as well another thing that I forgot to mention that Youth Alive is is going to be under Youth Alive once um, I'm fully supported I'm working with it right now but I'm not in charge of it um, is our called program our called weekend some of you guys have students signed up for that next weekend um, I've been a pretty big help because I believe that if you're called to ministry, you should be called to reaching the world around you right now. 
you're in called, you should be a part of Youth Alive. You should be doing something. Next weekend, be praying for us. We have 142 students coming to Heartland who believe that there's a call on their life, and we want to steward that well. We want to do our best. We haven't been doing another a great job. And then we have Called Collective, which is a year-long called program um, that is just super close to my heart. I'm passionate about um, growing up in a pastor's home, and I love ministry, and I want students to have a clear understanding of what ministry is, because sometimes you can glorify being a pastor, and you're like, oh, wait, you have to do that? or <laughs> And it can be a little bit different. So that's something that I'm going to be working with. So if you have students part of the called program or called weekend, I'm going to be there. I'm uh, very much a part of that. Any other questions? No? All right, well, I'd love to connect with you. Um, I don't have prayer cards with me, but I do have our Youth Alive table at the very end. So if you want to stop by there, if you sign up for our newsletter, you can get a free OIM hat if you haven't been there anyway. Right there, you can model it. Yes, yes. So, yes, um, you can get one of those free, but um, thank you guys. I'd love to connect, and uh, let's reach this next generation.